This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. The title is this, Above All Else, and I'm going to show you what that means. Can you open your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 4 today? Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4. Who just loves the Word of God? Love God's Word. It's awesome. It is the best thing that I've got going for me. Proverbs chapter 4, and we're going to look here at, uh, well, you've probably heard this verse if you've been around the kingdom of God very long, but maybe you haven't. Proverbs chapter 4, and we're going to look here at verse 23, Proverbs 4 and verse 23, and it says this in the NLT, guard your heart above all else, above all else. Why? For it determines the course of your life. It determines the course of your life. Now, that is the 2007 uh, New Living Translation. Before that, there's a 2004 uh, version where they just made a few changes. And I want to read this. Uh, put the next one on there, please, Heather, because this really speaks to me. Above all else, guard your heart, for it affects everything you do. Your heart affects everything you do. Now, you need to realize that this isn't just talking about the organ in your chest, though that's pretty important. Who in here has realized that your heart plays a vital role in your existence? you got to have one. you got to have one. you got to have a good one. you got to have a healthy one. But listen, when the Scripture refers to heart, nine times out of ten, it's talking about your spirit. It's talking about the innermost part of the human being because you are a three-part being made in the image of God. You are spirit, soul, and body. Your spirit is the most inner core of who you are. And the Bible tells us, guard your heart, guard your spirit, guard your inner core above all else because it affects everything you do. Sometimes you're like, man, what's wrong with her? Why is she acting like that? And, you know, well, we could analyze and evaluate, or we could just get right down to it and say, well, there's a good chance that she did not guard her heart. And it's affecting the way that she's treating other people right now. Well, man, why why would he have gone and done that? I can't believe, how did he not know that that was wrong? Well, he knew it. He knew it was wrong. But he didn't guard his heart, and it affected the decisions that he made. In fact, the Bible says, guard it above all else. And sadly, there's people that they don't guard their heart very much at all. They'll let anybody speak into their life. They'll watch any TV show that they just feel like watching, whether it's got adultery in it, whether it's got cussing and then murder. They'll just watch it anyway. And guess what? It's affecting your heart. Some people, they guard their Netflix password more than they guard their heart. Come on, they, they'll guard their emails, they'll, they'll guard their, they'll guard their nachos from their kids better than they'll guard their heart. Thank you, Lord, I received that correction right now in Jesus' name, amen. So, someone's got a timer going off somewhere in here. Anyway, so praise God, listen to me. It says, to guard your heart above all else, for it affects every single Thing that you do. And that's a big thing. Now listen, we can look at that again in the physical realm because I, I've always heard this, so I just wanted to look it up yesterday, that check it out. 
Heart disease is the number one killer in America. In fact, it's the number one killer in the world. Heart, physical heart disease. In fact, according to the CDC, and they really know what they're talking about. Why did you laugh at that? <laughs> anyway, they're, they're experts, okay? These guys are the best. They know everything there is to know. And so, according to them, one person dies of heart disease every 36 seconds in the United States. And I'm like, wow, it's the number one physical killer in this world, but I'm like, whoa, spiritual heart disease, spiritual heart failure is the number one faith killer in the body of Christ. You know, like, you got, hey, you got to guard this heart. You got to take care of it. Don't eat too much salt. Yeah, that's good. That's good. But you better guard this heart above everything else. So many people are like, well, why is he acting like that? He has heart failure. I didn't hear about that. No, he didn't guard his heart. We're not judging, but he didn't guard his heart. And and he's acting out now, and he's making poor choices. Or, well, why is this going on over here? You've got to guard your heart. Why aren't my prayers getting answered anymore? You've got to guard your heart. It affects everything you do. In fact, it determines the course of your entire life. And so... Maybe you're in here today and you're like, I just don't know what's going on lately. I just, I'm, I'm not feeling it. I got this going on. I got that going on. Hey, uh, you know, uh, again, I don't, I don't do, I'm not saying I'm Dr. Phil because I'm not, I'm not no psychologist, but what I am saying is this. Have you considered that you haven't been guarding your heart like you're supposed to be guarding it? And because of that, you've let the wrong people influence you. You've let the wrong news influence you. You've let the wrong situations. You've let the storms of life. You've let the attacks that come against you. You've let them start to prosper. Now, the Bible says, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. And that's a good word. And I stand on that. That's Isaiah, man. That's a good word. But I found that sometimes when we aren't guarding ourselves, when we aren't guarding our heart, we start to let these things get to us. And you can survive a lot of hits. You could you could survive a gunshot wound to the hand. It would hurt. Sure. It could definitely affect your life. You could uh, you could uh, survive a, you know, a, a wound to the leg or to the arm or wherever. But it's really hard to survive a wound to the heart. And so what I'm telling you today is this. This isn't just some cute thing. This is powerful. And if God told us above everything else. Guard this one thing. I'm like, whoa, that is, that's a big statement. Couldn't he have said, guard yourselves against pride. Guard yourselves against greed. Guard yourselves against lust. Guard yourselves against anger. He could have said all that, or he could have summed it all up in one phrase and said, guard your heart. You know, take care of all the rest of that stuff. Think about the wisdom of God right there. If I'm guarding my heart, whenever lust comes and knocking, I don't give in. Whenever Anger comes and tries to, no, you know what? No, I'm guarding my heart against that. When you guard your heart, it'll change your life. And I can tell you this much. There's been times that I I didn't know how to guard my heart. And, of course, I don't know it all now, and I don't even claim to know half of it. But I know this much. I've learned a lot more about how to guard my heart than I used to know, and it has changed my life. There are things that used to go straight to the heart that they don't anymore. I've got a shield right there, and they don't penetrate that shield of faith. I guard my heart in Jesus' name. Amen. And so, all right, well, let's go ahead and get in to the word today. Now, as I sat down with a notepad uh, in my garage and a, and a pen, uh, I'm like, God, start speaking. And I started writing down all these things. 
God, what are the areas I need to guard my heart against? And instantly, dozens of areas came. And, of course, I, we can't tackle all that. But for today, and we'll probably talk about this more next week, but for today, I want to discuss and highlight three areas that are important for you today to talk about. Now, even a, a minute ago, we, we laid hands on some people. Are, maybe their emotions were giving them some trouble or some anxiety and stress or whatever it is. And so you need to listen up today. God's speaking to you. You need to hear this. Jesus said, hey, he who has an ear to hear, let him hear. Was he talking about people that just had a... No, everybody, you know, they got these on their head. But he said, if you've got ears to hear, what he's saying is, if you are spiritually listening, listen up. Because he's going to speak to you today. If you've got an ear to hear, let him hear today what God is trying to say to us. Amen? And so... Uh, let's get into this. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and pray all over again. I've prayed a lot today. I've been praying all day long. I'm going to do it again one more time because guess what? There's never too much prayer. Amen. Father, in Jesus' name, speak right now to every single one of us. We thank you that your word is anointed, it's alive, it's powerful, it's sharper than any double-edged sword, and it divides between soul and spirit. And I ask you to divide between our soul and spirit today in Jesus' name and change us and set us free from your word. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so above all else, guard your heart, number one, from fear. Number one, from fear. I'm going to talk about fear for a minute here today. I want you to look at Isaiah chapter 41. Isaiah 41. Who's glad they came to church today? You don't, you're not wishing you were back in bed, right? Okay, all right. Just making sure because you made the right choice. Isaiah 41. And we're going to look here at verse 10. Isaiah 41 and verse 10. I'm in the New King James. And... Listen, it's one thing to be startled or spooked or, oh, wow, that sounds good. You know, it's one thing to go on a roller coaster and get the willies for a minute. It's another thing to let fear get hold of your heart and let a spirit of fear come in and torture you. And there are people that have not guarded their hearts against fear. Let's just get real. And it's very destructive, very destructive. Isaiah 41, verse 10 in the New King James, it says, fear not. Why? For I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. So many people are like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what I'm going to do. How many times did God right there say, hey, it's not about you. It's about me. I'm with you. I'm your God. I'll strengthen you. I'll help you. I'll uphold you. Quit talk. Get over yourself, man. It's not about you. It's about him. And he said, don't be afraid. And that's a command right there. Well, there's, there's these commandments. Well, here's a command for you. Fear not, for I am with you. And I've heard it said that that phrase appears 365 times in the Bible, one for every single day of the year. Now, I can't, I've verified that, but either way, either way, it's in the Bible a whole lot. And when God continuously repeats something over and over and over again, from Genesis to Revelation, front to back, when he consistently keeps saying the same thing, there must be a reason for it. He realizes that fear is a killer. It'll kill your faith. It'll kill your dreams. It'll kill your family. 
It'll destroy your life. Fear is a dangerous trap from the devil. And God takes it so seriously that even if it's not 365 times, even if it's only 200 times, even if he only said it 100 times, that's enough to realize, man, I better fear not. And you're like, well, I don't know how to do that. Well, think about this. God's with you. Does that not mean anything? That holds no weight at all? That should be enough right there. Hey, the Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I need. I shall not want. That's how powerful he is. And so, well, I don't know how to fear. Just get the revelation in your heart that he's with you. He's your God. If something else is your God, then be afraid. Be very afraid right now. But guess what? Nothing else is my God. The King of kings, the Lord of lords, his name is Jesus Christ. He's my God. He strengthens me. How do you stay so strong in these scary times? I don't. He strengthens me. He helps me. He upholds me with his righteous right hand. And so I'm telling you today, guard your heart against fear. I never realized how powerful and potent fear was until 2020. I always knew it was bad. I always knew it wasn't a good thing. But I didn't realize the absolute capabilities of fear until I saw it on a worldwide level. And I'm telling you what, that is a nasty thing to look at. Fear is one of Satan's absolute most powerful things. And fear will torture you. It's a bully. It'll take your lunch and pop the bag in your face. Come on, it's a bully. And listen, it's a dangerous thing. And God, over and over, he says, guard your heart above all else. Well, you better guard it against fear. It's one thing to be startled for a minute or one thing to just get temporarily spooked or like, oh, well, that's, that's kind of scary. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when fear comes in and says, you can't leave the house anymore. You'll die. Well, I want to go to church, God. But, well, guess what? I'm going to church. I want to go see my kids at Christmas. Go see your kids. Go do it. Listen, don't let fear control your heart. It's And I, I, I say this. I would rather just die and go to heaven than live a life filled with fear and torture. Just take me up there, man. Just let go. Go now. I'd rather go now and hang out in my mansion and walk the streets of gold and drink from the river of life right now than live down here tortured paralyzed with fear, not knowing, well, the Bible says this, but I don't know if I can trust that anymore because they're telling me this. Whose report will you believe? We'll believe the report of the Lord. I'm a smart, you know, I'm a halfway smart guy. You know, I don't know. It's debatable. I mean, I went to college and everything, so, you know, that's out there. But, you know, hey, I'll be be safe. I'll play by the rules or whatever, but I am not going to be tortured by fear and lose sleep ever because, He's my God. He strengthens me. He sustains me. He upholds me with his righteous right hand. I have guarded my heart against fear. Fear is not allowed to get a hold of me ever in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. So you better guard your heart against it. Well, I I don't know. We may listen. Listen. Hey, I've been studying this thing for a while now. And so have you. And I realize, and I am fully aware, that we are warned by Jesus Christ himself. 
that there are scarier things coming upon this world before he actually comes back. Before we hear that trumpet and see our Savior in the sky, there's going to be other bad things. In fact, in uh, the Olivet Discourse, Luke chapter 21, I believe it's verse 11, but I may be wrong in the verse. But Luke chapter 21, Jesus said, people's hearts will melt with fear for what they see coming upon the earth. I'm not going to be one of those people. I'm not going to be one of those people. I'm guarding my heart against fear in Jesus' name. And yeah, there's storms a-blowing, but my house is built on the solid rock, Jesus Christ himself. Satan, you can huff, you can puff, but you cannot blow the sample's house down in the name of Jesus. Amen? I just want normal to come back. Normal's not coming back. Jesus is coming back. And you better be ready. You better be ready, somebody. Look at 2 Timothy 1, verse 7. You should know this one. If you don't know it, the kids in the nursery know this verse, because we teach this to them at three months old. 2 Timothy 1, 7. <laughs> Every kid at High Desert Word Center knows this verse. I guarantee you that. 2 Timothy 1 and verse 7. What, what are we talking about? Above all else. Above, before you guard your money. Before you guard your TV, before you guard your nachos, you better guard your heart above all else. It determines the course of your life. It affects everything you do, according to Proverbs 4.23. And so 2 Timothy 1.7, one of the first Bible verses I ever learned. One of them. For God has not given us a spirit of fear. Well, I've got one. How did it get here? Well, it didn't come from God, if you got one. Certainly, God didn't give it to you. But he did give you something. What is it that he gave us? What did he give us? A spirit of power and love and of a sound mind. Fear will rob you of having a sound mind. I just feel like, oh, my mind is all over the place. Fear will do that to you. I just, I don't feel like I've got any power these days. Fear will do it to you because Jesus already said all authority has been given to you in heaven and on earth. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives on the inside of you. If you just feel powerless, listen, you better, you better say, hey, is there a spirit of fear? Is there something going on in my life right now? Did I not guard my heart against fear? Because listen, if you say, I don't, I don't feel like I got no power no more. I don't feel like I got a sound mind. I don't feel like I know what's going on there's a chance that fear has came in and started rocking you and messing with you and you've got to get rid of that well how do i get rid of that through the word of god i mean come on i i'm listen i'm gonna do one of these whole sermons on how to how to guard your heart better and how to get rid of some of this stuff but number one you got to get into the word of god right now every day Every day has to be a word of God day in your life if you're going to overcome this stuff. And so notice right here that Paul refers to a spirit of fear. Did you know there's such a thing as a spirit of fear? Some people, if you've read the Bible, you've seen that, well, there's an unclean spirit. There's a spirit of this. There's an evil spirit of this. There's all sorts of spirits the Bible names. But here's one right here, a spirit of fear. And if you will let that knock on your door, if you will not resist that when it shows up, if you will not guard your heart against fear, that spirit of fear will come right in your front door and make himself at home in your heart. And you're like, well, it's, I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not, 
afraid of this or that, but maybe there are some things, whether you have recognized it as fear or not, that you are letting torture your life. Guard your heart above all else. It determines the course of your life. It affects everything that you do. And so I'm going to choose. I'm not going to have a spirit of fear. I'm going to guard my heart against that. I'm going to have a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. Not only will I not be afraid, I'm not going to be crazy either. I'm going to have a sound mind. Let's hear it for sound minds today. Come on. Yeah. Amen. All right. How about this? Number two. Guard your heart, number one, from fear. Number two, from doubt. From doubt. Now, doubt is another killer to your faith and your prayers. Some people are like, well, I mean, I I know that. I know all about that stuff. I've been a Christian. I've been hanging out with Jesus for a long time now. And that's really good. But just because you've been going to church doesn't mean that doubt may not have a foothold and a stronghold in your life. Thomas was with Jesus every day for three and a half years. And he doubted every word that Jesus said just about. Think about that. That just That's just like, whoa to me, how this guy could have seen the thousands fed with the fish and the loaves, how he could have seen the, the, the deaf ears healed, the dead raised, the blind healed, all of this stuff. And Jesus could say these things to him. And, and he's like, um, uh, Really? Uh, unless I see the, the holes. Uh, in fact, uh, unless I feel the holes, I'm, I'm not going to believe it. Uh, uh, listen, that's how crazy is that? You need to guard your heart against doubt coming in. Let me show you here. James chapter 1. Are you still with me today? James chapter 1. James chapter 1. But guard your heart against doubt. Now, I, I understand that sometimes doubts come to your mind. And I've heard Brother Hagen say, and I mean, my dad say that, hey, faith will work in your heart even if doubts are trying to come at your head. You resist those doubts. You don't dwell on them. But you got to have guard your heart from doubt and have faith alive in your heart. So look at this. James chapter 1. We're going to look at verses 5 through 8. It says, if any of you lacks wisdom... Let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. Say that with me. With no doubting. Why? For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. Do you feel sometimes, like I just feel unstable. I mean, I'm all over the place. Well, again, we're just trying to help you identify things today. Maybe it hasn't been a spirit of fear, but but maybe have you not guarded your heart against doubt? Maybe I know the Bible says this, but I just I'm not seeing it in my life. I, and you wouldn't maybe use this phrase. But it's coming to you and and, and, and the concept and the spirit is there uh, where you wouldn't uh, you wouldn't say, I doubt the word of God. But if you're being honest, you're doubting the word of God. Right. The word of God says, uh, may promise you uh, a peace that surpasses all understanding. And you're like, I, yeah, uh, uh, but I'm not. <laughs> and hey, that's all you know. Uh, hey, we get it. You may not be using the phrase, I doubt that. But if you're to be real honest with yourself, we're doubting God in that area. 
And this isn't to condemn you. I, this is to judge you. This is to help you. This is to help you. Maybe you haven't been guarding your heart against doubts that try to come in. Well, I know the, the word of God says that he'll supply all of our needs according to his riches and glory through Christ Jesus. Yes, it says that. But I really, I mean, we're in a spot and I don't know what we're going to do to get out of this one. I simply do not know. Listen, stop that. Guard your words. Jesus said something very telling in Matthew twelve thirty four. He said, for out of the abundance of the heart... The mouth speaks. And when we've got negative, doubt-filled words coming out of our mouth, that is a sure sign that we have not guarded our heart against doubt. What comes out of your mouth is what is truly on your heart. Well, why would you say that? I didn't say that. Jesus said it. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so James right here says, when you ask God for something, in this case it's wisdom, but when you ask God for something, be sure that you're really expecting an answer. Because if we are asking with doubt, we are an unstable person, driven and tossed like the waves of the sea. We're up one day because we feel it, but the next day when we don't feel it, we're down. We're, we're, we're excited this day because, oh man, I got inspired. Then the next day, we're all the way back over here. You're up and you're down. You're in and you're out. Why? Because you're living your life based on your feelings, not living your life based on the truth of God's word. Don't say that about me. I, 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 hey, hey, listen, listen. We've all been there, and I don't have too much pride to say that there's been some times I've been unstable because one day I'm standing on the mountaintop. I'm standing on the promises, brother. And then the very next day, I just don't feel it today. I don't even know if any of that stuff works and blah, 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 blah. That's instability, and that means I haven't guarded my heart, and that's a torturous spot to be in because then the spirit of fear comes in. And so let's look at the rest of this. Verse 7. So the person that asks but then doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. Verse 7, for let not that man suppose that he'll receive anything from the Lord. Ow! Man, don't say that, James. Don't say that. Don't even, that, that, that person, that guy, it says, don't, don't even let that guy suppose that he's going to receive anything from the Lord. I didn't say that. The Bible says that. That if we are asking, but then just doubting, Lord, I'll, I'll, hey, Jesus' name, this is going to happen. Believe it when I see it. I doubt it didn't work last time. I don't know if it's going to work this time. And, and hey, brother, didn't you pray about that? Yeah, we prayed about it, but, hey, you know, blah, 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 blah. Listen, don't let that guy suppose he'll receive anything from the Lord. Wow. And so some people are like, I don't know why I'm not receiving anything from the Lord. Hey, it could be this right here. That's just something to consider. Look at verse 8. It says, this person that's like this, verse 8, he's a double-minded man, unstable in all of his ways. I don't know one stable person in my life that isn't stable in the Word of God and stable in fighting off doubt. But I can tell you this much. All of the unstable people I know, and I, I know a fair amount of unstable people, but a, the unstable people that I know, they're people that constantly are one day, hey, 
I'm standing on the Bible, I'm standing on the word one day, and the next day they're doubting the very thing that they were standing on yesterday. If you've been saved very long at all, you realize that sometimes you've got to fight the good fight of faith, and it takes more than five minutes, American. We're used to getting some very instant things around here, aren't we? And so it seems to be specifically especially hard for some of us over here in these United States when we don't get the answer by tomorrow afternoon. Or, hey, sometimes, let's just get real, there's a different answer than what we wanted. Now, the answer is always in line with God's word, but let's just get real. Sometimes God's got a different answer for you, and what do we do? I don't feel it today, man. And the very scriptures you were standing on yesterday, today, are nowhere to be found. I'm not judging. I'm not putting down. I'm trying to help. Listen to me. That's a double-minded person, unstable in all their ways. I don't know one stable person that goes back and forth on the Word of God. When they lock in on it, they lock in and they don't let go. Then storms may come and difficulties may come, but they don't let go of the Word of God just because the wind's blowing. They hang on tighter than ever. Guard your heart against fear. Guard your heart against Doubt, because doubt will come in and try to choke the word of God against you. And I'm telling you right now, you need to stand on it. And so, again, I've said this, but anytime someone's like, I know the Bible says this, but this is going on. Or we know, we know, brother, we know, we know. We used to give by faith, brother, but now we give by wisdom. Someone said that. We're going to do everything by faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Yes, brother, we uh, we used to preach healing, but now this happened, a, a pandemic, and, and, and but, 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 but. Listen, we had billy goats when I was a kid. Billy goats, but. Sheep say, bah. Are you a goat or are you a sheep? Man, the Lord is my shepherd. I am a sheep, and his sheep know his voice. Get your butt out of the way. Quit that. Never follow up a Bible verse with Second Timothy one seven says, For God has not given me a spirit of fear, but a power of a sound mind. But we know who you are. You're a goat. You're a billy goat. I I lived in a little redneck town, all right. Uh uh in fact my first job when Katie and I got married, um no joke, my first job was at Hardy's, okay, making six dollars an hour. My father in law was so proud that his daughter married a winner. And so here I am, come on. 19 years old, flipping burgers, married. And anyway, the point of this story is this, is that it was a little redneck town. And one day, well, I'm working the drive-thru, and I, some guy pulls up, and I hear, meh, meh. And I'm like, what in the world is that? Dude, pull, there's a billy goat in the cab of his pickup truck. Like, what is going on here? And, I mean, you know, this thing's buttoning and making a mess and everything. And I'm like, man, listen, I just thought that that was some religious, doubt-filled Christian because I've heard a bunch of those too. But listen, it was, a, it was a real billy goat that time. But listen to me right now. If you are one of his sheep, Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. If you know the voice of God, you've got no business saying God's word says this, but. Don't say that ever again. God's word says this. Period. That's all I need. Amen. His word says by Jesus wounds, by his stripes, I've been healed. Period. That's all that I need. His word says that he hasn't given me a spirit of fear. His word says to fear not. Period. That's all that I need right there. 
Amen. And so you better start putting some periods where your butt used to be and you better get it together. In the name of Jesus, I command you to quit doing that to God's word. Quit disrespecting his word. How disrespectful is it when you promise your kids something? What if you overheard them talking to their friends? Hey, Timmy, how are you doing today? (laughs) Well, I'm doing good. Hey, I heard that your dad promised you some new shoes. Yeah, he promised them, but you know. You know what happened last time. Yeah, my dad promised to take us to the game, but... uh, And and if I'm the dad, I'm like, why are you insulting me like that, man? You're making me look bad in front of everybody. It's the same way with God's kids whenever they're saying, hey, uh, God's word promises this, but my dad can't really be trusted is what you're saying. Do not attack me. I have security in this building. Listen to me. I do. Listen to me. Sometimes people are like, hey... uh, he hasn't given me a spirit of fear, but we believe in healing, but, you know, this. We believe in, in prosperity, but this. We believe that, that this is good, but let's, all you're doing is saying, yeah, my dad said this, but I can't really trust him to do what he said. Now, you don't have to agree with me. I can wait until we get to heaven for God to tell you how right that I am right now. Listen to me. I'm right on this one. I've been wrong before, but I'm confident that I'm right on this. That every time that we have to put a but after a promise from God, we're saying that, well, you can't really trust God to do what he said he was good. He's good. Oh, we love him. He's good. But uh, he don't do that no more. He don't do that no more. When I was in first grade, I've shared this story, but I'm going to share it again. When I was in first grade, my dear mother on the front row sent me to vacation Bible school at this little country church. Beautiful little postcard, you know, little white chapel out in the middle of the woods. Beautiful place. Sent me and Josh here over to Vacation Bible School. Thought it would be a good idea. And it was cute and it was fun. But um, this was not a spirit-filled church. It was a denominational church. I won't, you know, disclose to you because that's not nice. That's mean. But at the same time, I have had it drilled into my brain since I was a baby that the word of God is true, and if God said it, you just believe it. No questions asked. And I mean, that is that runs deep within because my parents put it in since I was a... In fact, before we were born, Mama had her hands on her belly, and Dad did, and they were speaking the Bible over us before we ever even exited. And so it runs deep, all right? And so one thing that especially... The first Bible verse I ever learned was 1 Peter 2.24. And to sum it all up, the last sentence there is that by Jesus' stripes, by his wounds, you were healed. And so I've, even before I ever had cancer, I've been told that Jesus is my healer and you trust him. And so I'm in vacation Bible school, you know, I don't know, just doing our thing, you know, whatever 90s kids did and had my Walkman or something. I don't know. And so we're, uh, this lady, the, the, the teacher's telling the story of when this uh, this lame man wanted to get to see Jesus, but there wasn't enough room, so his friends cut a hole in the roof, and they lowered the man down to Jesus, and Jesus healed the man. And all these little kids are sitting on the edge of their seat listening to the story. Wow! That's awesome! And then the teacher, who looked like she was actually there at the time of the event, because she was old. She, I'm just going to shoot, this lady was Ancient, very old. Uh, nice lady, nice lady. But here's what she said next. All the little kids are, yay, Jesus. And then she said, whoa, kids. But you know Jesus doesn't do that type of thing anymore. Literally said that. 
And here I am. I've been told my whole six years of existence that Jesus heals people all the time. And Jesus is good. And that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if Jesus healed people 2,000 years ago and he doesn't do it right now, that means he changed somewhere along the way. And that means he's a liar and a fraud. Well, anyway, Jesus isn't a liar. He's not a fraud. Jesus didn't change. A lot of his people changed over the years and started doubting him, but he didn't change. And so this lady's like, no, whoa, kids, whoa, slow down. But you realize he doesn't do that. He doesn't do that stuff anymore. And I stood up and I said, oh, yes, he does. Yes, he does. Because I was six. I had already been healed of leukemia at that point in time. I, had, I was crippled and I couldn't take two steps. And Jesus miraculously healed me. You cannot tell me that Jesus is not the healer. Jesus is the healer. And if it comes down to it, I'll call you a liar. And so maybe I could have handled it nicer. I don't know. I tried to the best I could for a six-year-old. But I said, you know, no, you're wrong. You're wrong. Jesus is right. He does still heal people. He is the healer. And so we had a theological discussion in front of the other first graders. But I told the whole story of how I was healed of leukemia and being crippled. Amen. And listen, the kids of this church should do the exact same thing. Because if they've been here very long at all, you're too late to tell them that they can't trust God. And how dare you come in and tell children, it says that, but, you know, be careful. Just be careful. No, I don't want to be careful. I cast my cares upon the Lord, right? Listen to me. I cast those upon the Lord. I can believe God. I can believe his word. Guard your heart against fear and guard it against doubt. You can trust God all day long. And number three is this. Guard your heart from negativity. From negativity. From negativity. From negativity. From negativity. I don't like to be around negative people. And, you know, um, I don't, it's, just, it's just super irritating to me. Uh, pessimism and, and people that always find the bad in any situation. I heard this story about these two guys. Uh, they were close friends. One guy was an optimist. One guy was a pessimist. And so the optimist, upbeat friend, he was like, man, I am bound and determined. I'm going to force this guy to at least say one thing positive. One thing. And so he's like, I got an idea. So he goes to the pet store, and, and he's like, you know what, uh, uh, Mr. Pet Store Owner, I need the most amazing, talented, incredible pet that you have. And he told him about his friend, and the guy's like, oh, I got just the perfect thing. I've got this parrot over here. He's the most colorful bird I've ever seen. He can say more words than any bird we've ever seen in here before. This thing, there's nothing bad you can say about him. And the, and the optimist friend, he's like, well, I know my friend he'll just make fun of the way he, the bird pronounces things he'll say that he has too many colors or something what else you got and the pet store owner says oh, i've got it i've got a dog that can walk on water and the you have a dog that can walk on water yes so the optimist says give me that dog he buys the dog and he invites his friend out to the park later that day and as they're walking he's playing fetch with the dog and he's like hey check this out he throws the stick under the water and the dog runs out there grabs the stick and brings it back and the optimist is just standing there like watching and the uh, the pessimist was doing that the optimistic guy's like 
hey, did you uh, notice anything about that, uh, my new dog? Notice anything special? He's like, sure, that dumb thing can't even swim. <laughs> so what I'm saying is this. There are people that no matter what's going on, they will find the negative. They will find a, they, I know people that'll find a way to spin good news into bad news. But on the other hand, I know some people that you could, you could hand them any bad situation. They're like, oh, okay. Hey, this is great because when I get healed of this, praise God, I'm going to have the biggest testimony in Barstow. All right. Woo. Listen. David didn't complain when he had to fight Goliath. He's like, oh, man, yes, this is exciting. I get to fight a giant today. And there's some people that they'd be mad if they had to go, you know, fight a, you know, an old dog in their yard. Listen, guard your heart from negativity. And there are some people, even the children of God, that they have fed on so much negative news. They are so surrounded by negative people. They have had legitimately had some bad things happen in their life. But here's the deal. They didn't guard their heart against it. And when that negative spirit gets control of your heart, it's a terrible thing to try to overcome. You have got to get real about this. If you have let that negative spirit get a hold of you, it's time to break free from that mess now, because that's a miserable way to live your life. And you know, that story I told is a joke, but I think seriously, sometimes I feel sorry for God having to live and having to, to listen to some of the, some of the wine fest that we throw up his way. <laughs> Oh God! Oh, I don't want to get out of bed today. I don't want. I just. I don't. I'm just not feeling it. I don't have the feels. I don't have those vibes, man. And my friends on on Facebook send me their positive vibes. And and listen, if you ever send me a positive vibe, I will take that vibe and I will hit you over the head with it. Don't vibe me. Pray for me, okay? That's your war. You've been warned. Never tell me that you're sending vibes my way. I will send them back in the form of something else. Don't vibe me. Pray for me, all right? You've been warned. Somebody tried to vibe me on my birthday. I was like, man, get out of here. Don't send me vibes, you knucklehead. So so anyway, I think about God, though, all day long. Just, and listen, he's there. He's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. But honestly, sometimes some of his kids, and again, not judging you, not putting you down, just trying to help you today, okay? Some of his kids act a little bit spoiled sometimes. And, and, and all we're doing is talking about all the bad things when God's done a lot of really good things in your life. He's healed you. He saved you. You were a sinner going to hell. He saved you. What about that? That doesn't count for something. He healed you when you were sick. He brought your marriage back together when it was in pieces. He got you that job. He gave you those kids. What? He brought you to a church that you love and people that love you. He's done a lot of really good things in your life. And after a while, I know I'm, maybe I'm just speculating, but after a while, I'll bet it gets a little bit old of just hearing about all the things that, that they didn't get that day. And all the things that, well, this happened and that happened and, and I don't feel happy anymore. Don't listen. Don't be like that. Don't let that negativity that 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 ungratefulness, that unthankfulness, get a hold. Do you realize how much God's done for you? Do you realize what he's done for you? 
Anybody, you're all staring at me right now. I'm talking to you. Do you realize what God's done for you today? You're not going to hell. You're going to heaven someday. You're not in here. You're healed. You've got a job. You've got kids. You've got a... Listen, he's done something for you. And don't sit there and only focus on what you don't have. You ought to be thinking about what you do have. He has blessed you beyond measure with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. When I went down to Nicaragua, I was thinking about it. We went to the store. We were going out. We went to this church that was right by the city dump. And all these little kids, there's all these orphan kids that literally live in the city dump. They cover up at night with pieces of trash, and they live there, and no government and no person comes in and gives them food. They've got nothing. And then there's regular kids at the church. But before we went there, we stopped at a store, and I bought this big bag of, you know, the little plastic green army soldiers? And so the, the, the people were there like, these kids would be glad just to get one of those. And I'm like, no, they wouldn't. No, they wouldn't. Half the kids I know in America, if I gave them a whole million of those, they'd throw them away. They don't even care. They want a PlayStation 10. What, I don't know what you guys, they want the new Jordans. They want, they want, you know, they, they want some. They don't care. And so sure enough, we get there. I pull this bag out with 100 and 150 little army soldiers and kids came running and they're jumping up and down crying like it's Christmas just to get one of them. And so, and I'm looking back here and I'm like, oh my gosh, I know some real spoiled little brats over there. (laughs) Why? And how does God feel when there's someone down in Nicaragua right now? Oh, thank you, Jesus. My kids got a bowl of rice today. You are so good. My kids get to eat today. Oh, somebody gave my kids their their used pair of flip-flops. My kids are going to have something to put on their feet when they walk through the jungle to school. You are so good, God. And we're up here. I don't feel happy today. You ain't done enough for me. I'm just saying. Check yourself before you wreck yourself. And you are on your way. Listen to me. Guard your heart above all else. You need fools count their problems. Smart people count their blessings. Quit counting your problems. Start counting your blessings. And I believe that you will realize you've got a lot more blessings than you do problems. And if you only focus on what you don't have or what didn't go your way, you're not guarding your heart above all else. You're guarding your your tantrums and your whatever. And I'm not putting down, that's the 20th time I've said that today, I am trying to help some people today. Guard your heart. Because if you don't, Satan will come right in and wreck you and you'll realize, well, it's her fault. It's his fault. No. God didn't tell Katie to guard my heart. He told Pastor Dave to guard his heart. He didn't tell, well, it's the pastor's fault. He didn't come in here and guard me. God, listen, we're doing the best we can around here, but you've got some responsibility on you too. You guard your heart. You fear not. You trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean on to your understanding, but all your ways acknowledgement. He will direct your paths. But you're going to have to start owning up to some of this and start taking responsibility for your heart and your spiritual condition and guarding yourself above all else because it affects everything that you do. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.